This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 34. And oftentimes this is one of those, one of those stories that just get gloss, gets gets glossed over, meaning that we just we just say, okay, God gave them a redo, and Moses went up there, and they got new tablets, and in fact, most of the time, people think that Moses went up and actually, and actually wrote the commandments on the tablets himself, and it was just a redo by God. It was almost one of those things where God let Moses come up and fix it himself, and things weren't really ever the same, and the truth is, that's not really what's going on here. There is a picture here that is important to see, and that picture is the picture of the Old Testament covenant, the, the covenant with Moses, the Mosaic covenant, and a foreshadowing of what would be later on the Davidic covenant and ultimately the new covenant in Jesus Christ. And they're not really the same. They're very similar. And obviously they're going to be very similar because they're going to be a covenant with God. But those covenants in the Old Testament foreshadow or lead us to the New Testament covenant with Jesus, and this covenant that happens here, it has some differences to it, and and those differences aren't just because God was mad with the people. Those differences are a foreshadowing. They give us a, 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 a look into the future of what God's plans are with his covenant and with his law, and so when you uh, study <clears throat> this passage, especially chapter 34, of Exodus, you need to understand you're not just reading uh, a redo. What you're reading is God giving us a picture of the Mosaic Covenant with God's people delivering them out of Egypt. And now he's going to give us a picture of after God's people have broken the covenant, meaning they took the Ten Commandments and they broke them there and they did not live up to them, which would be a picture of, of the New Testament. It's a picture of the New Covenant with Jesus. Man couldn't live up to the law. And so God has a new covenant in Jesus Christ. And what I think is really exciting about this and really a fabulous story is how the Old Testament Mosaic Covenant and the New Testament Covenant in Jesus Christ are tied together so that you can, in this chapter, you can see them put together so that you understand them together because the tablets that were made before were made, they were cut out by God, they were made by God, they had God's work, God's word or God's law on them, his, his Ten Commandments, and they were given to Moses. They, Moses just came up and received them, and then he took them down, and when the people had rebelled against God and chosen another God, he threw the tablets onto the ground, and and that ultimately ended up being the the that that is a picture of God giving them a, a new covenant, a new relationship when Moses goes up with these. And so that's what happens here. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, 
cut two tablets out of stone like the first one. Notice there that you've got the old tablets that were cut out by God. Now these tablets require man to do something, require man to act. And he tells Moses, I want you to cut the tablets out. I want you to cut the two stone tablets out. And I want you to bring them up. The ones that you broke, I want you to bring. Now I want you to bring these two tablets up, and I want you to cut them out. It's a picture It's a picture of the New Testament. It's, it's really a picture of the New Covenant. Because in the Old Covenant, God did everything. God does all the work. In, in the New Covenant, God does all the work. He's still God. But there's a requirement made of man. And that requirement in the New Covenant is that man trusting by faith. Now, that happens in the Old Testament, but it's starkly different in this picture here of Moses. God says, I want you to cut the tablets out of stone, which means your hearts were hardened. You rejected my law. Now I want you to bring your heart to me. I, I want you to bring those two tablets up uh, to me, and I, I want you to cut them out. And, and he says, and I will write the tablets, the words, that were on the first tablets that you broke. What he's saying is bring these tablets up and I'm going to write on them. I'm going to come up and now it's going to be, it's that picture, that salvific process. Sure, God provides everything in the beginning, but then when we get there, God requires us to join him in, in, in the walk of life. And so he says, I'm going to write those commandments on your heart, but I want you to bring them up. I want you to trust me and bring them up. So he says, be ready in the morning. And that's one of the things that makes me turn to this real quick. Understand that this is a foreshadowing of the New Testament covenant because he says, come up in the morning. Remember, morning is a picture of the resurrection. It always is throughout scripture. So whenever you see it, it talking about morning, whenever you see that, you always, your heart always ought to turn toward the resurrection and turn toward that picture of God providing resurrection in the morning. And so he says, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me thereupon, thereupon the top of the mountain. So he's, we're, we're going up to God. We're being invited up. God's calling us to that. All these are foreshadowings of the New Testament covenant with Jesus. There's a call of God. There's a promise of God. There is there is the desire by us to go up. We go up in the morning. We go up under the resurrection power. He says, and no man shall come up with you. And let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flock nor herd nor feed but before that mountain. And what he's saying is he's going back to un the understanding that they didn't want to come up there with him. And so only Moses can come up. Now that's a clear force. That's a clear, uh, hearkening back to, uh, the Israelites hardening their hearts and not going up to meet with God. That being said, you can also turn it around and understand that this is a picture of a singular person going up and receiving that new covenant with God. And that's a picture of Jesus saying, I'm the gate. And there's only one way in. There's only one way to God. There's only one. You can't go with a group of people. You don't make a, your covenant with God in a group. We do it through one person. That's Jesus Christ. We do it in a singular act of, of giving our will over to him. We, we do it by uh, our conversion experience is a turning or repenting. It's a repenting that happens in our own heart. And it's a repenting that happens. It's a repentance that happens that is 
singular to myself. I, I've done a lot of youth ministry over the years. I started out in youth ministry. <clears throat> and oftentimes when you have these mountaintop experiences with teenagers, you have teenagers that want to go to the altar together, go to the altar together and and make decisions together as a group. That happened. That's been happening for 30 years of my ministry. And I'm quite sure it happened way before that. And I understand that that those decisions oftentimes are not permanent decisions. They're not real life-changing decisions because you're trying to do it as a group of people rather than dealing God fundamentally on your own. And those decisions sometimes end up not being carried out. But that one singular teenager who decides he's going to or she's going to walk with God, those decisions are powerful. Those decisions oftentimes are world-changing decisions. They're not just life-changing decisions for that teenager, but they change the world because that teenager becomes something uh, that is a, a uh, uh, life-giving uh, force in, in the kingdom of God. And so we understand that you have to go one-on-one. I, I, even our, our last youth event uh, that we had for a week, uh, that last night, we made sure that you understood that there was a, a singular gate that you only could go through and made sure that altar time that last night was not a group altar time. It was a singular altar time. Why? Because this is a foreshadowing of that relationship in the New, New Testament, that new covenant relationship where Jesus says, I'm the gate, enter through the narrow gate. Why is it narrow? Because it just is one-on-one, -on -one. it's singular. You, you've got to do it yourself. In the old covenant, that was a covenant with all the people of Israel. It was a covenant with the, with the family of God. It was a covenant with the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was a covenant of a nation. The new covenant is not a covenant of a nation. It's a covenant that is for all people, but all people singularly. And that here, he says, don't come up. Don't come up with anybody else. It's just going to be me and you. He says, so he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Notice, he hears God's word. He does what God, he, he believes it, and he does what God says. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hands the two stone tablets. And this is such a picture of Moses being a representative of the people in their repentance. They're turning back away from the rebellion that happened uh, on the mountaintop. Now, <clears throat> you go, why, is, why, why are you trying to uh, make this dichotomy? I, I think that it's important that you see the differences between the two. I think it's important that you understand the differences and the uniqueness of how they fit together also. The essential, the main thing that as you look at the story is that God is presenting them with his law. And there is a present presentation of the holiness of God. Remember, in the law, we see what is God and not God. And so God is still in both covenants presenting himself in his holiness. And you go, why is that important? Because he's fixing to pronounce. Tomorrow we'll talk about him pronouncing his grace and his long-suffering and his desire to be a, a gracious God to his people. That is even more of a clear indication that God has given us a foreshadowing that this new act on this mountaintop is a picture of the new covenant. But at the core and at the base of it, and we need to, before we get into how God is gracious and good 
and and that he loves us and that he wants to bring about his best in us and that that process is a long-term process and he's willing to go through the long-term process to see us come to him and to know him all right all that is cool but at the core the relationship is based off of human beings having a relationship with a holy god and the holiness of god is defined in his law the law defines how god is and how he expects his people to understand him and to become like him and remember we can't live by the law and be okay with god but as we live in the grace of god and the free gift of god of his atoning sacrifice of jesus christ we can become like him and begin to try to walk as jesus did and our hearts and our minds be molded and conformed to his image and likeness so that we actually do try to live by his law. We try to, to live in such a way that we do not transgress his divine nature, his holiness, and understanding that's what God's in the process of doing each and every day, each and every, in, in, in each and every life that he is redeemed, that he's redeemed from their lostness and their brokenness and their death of sin. As God does that, as he does that work, he is bringing us into conformity with his will and his way. And understanding that is at the core of it. And when we get to the New Testament, we can't throw away the Old Testament. We can't throw away the Old Covenants. We can't remove ourselves from them in such a way that we don't know, that we don't realize that we're, we're, we're fulfilling the law. We're not breaking the law. We're not rejecting the law. We're not throwing the law away. We're not, it's not a new covenant that is separate from the Old Covenant. It's a new covenant that brings us into the fulfillment of all the Old Testament covenants. And so this is a beautiful picture of God saying, okay, I gave you the law, you broke the law. Now I'm coming back and I'm giving you, I'm, I'm doing a redo, uh, <laughs> but it's not a redo in such that we're changing anything. We're making it more and better. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's such, in such a way that I'm going to foreshadow my resurrection in the morning. I'm going to foreshadow it being a singular relationship. Moses come up. Nobody else can come up. I know that's a picture of the former. I'm going to give you the original law. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to continue to write that on your heart so that you know that I'm giving you who I am. And then at the very end, as we get to the very end of the story, God comes up and he says, this is how I am. This is the ultimate end of it. And we're going to see that tomorrow, how he says, I'm gracious and I'm forgiving and I desire to have relationship with you. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about this. As we celebrate Vacation Bible School this week, we're, we're going into the hearts of uh, young people and giving them the word of God and allowing that to grow and uh, one day become uh, mighty trees in the kingdom of God, mighty uh, warriors in the kingdom of God. And uh, we have great expectation of that this week. And uh, it's good to study how God's Old Testament and New Testament uh, come together and, he, and we can see God's ultimate plan being carried out through history, through time, and through God's word. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.